Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm your host, Marie Hewlett, and I think it's just fabulous that you're starting your Sunday morning with us. Some other amazing people will also be stopping by today. First up will be Betsy Saul from PetFinder.com, who'd like to challenge everyone out there to take in a foster pet for the holidays, and she's got some great reasons for this. Then, after our halftime break, Danny Kauet from Shelter Hope Pet Shop will be sharing some great stories about how her business helps homeless pets. So don't move out of earshot, because the Pet Place Radio Show will begin right after a very quick station message here on AM 1260. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me now is Betsy Saul, the co-founder of PetFinder.com. Good morning, Betsy, and welcome back to the Pet Place. Thank you so much for having me back, and thanks for all the amazing work you know work you do. Oh, Bringing all the good work for animals. Yeah, well, I'm always impressed with the, all the ideas that you come up with over at PetFinder.com. <laughs> and you sent me an email a short time ago about a new program that you're promoting called Foster a Lonely Pet for the Holidays, and I'm very intrigued by this. Can you tell us a little bit about it? You know, I really appreciate the opportunity. We have... Um, we just work and work and work to try to figure out new ways to, to promote pets. And when we find something that really seems to resonate with the public, uh, you know, we, we grab onto it. So this is the third year that we're doing this program. And the, I have a hard time deciding what to say is the, the reason we, 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 we want to do it because it, it affects and helps so many people. But Foster a Lonely Pet for the Holidays is, first and foremost, for your listeners, a way that they can try a pet on for size and figure out if their home is ready for a pet. And 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 I'm I'm talking about this because I think it's the simplest thing for everyone to to understand and, and the easiest. We'll ease into the tough stuff. The um you know the idea of getting a pet is is sometimes daunting, and especially for most of your listeners already have a pet at home, you're never mm-hmm. sure if they're going to really get along. And so fostering a lonely pet just for the holidays is a super way to figure out if if the time is right and what kind of breed and and you know, pet will really match the lifestyle of your home. The, um, of course, the the fundamental reasons why we need to do it, though, are about the pets in the shelters. And um, and well, if you get them out of the shelter, at least for a short time, that's right. You're teaching these guys how to live in a house, which some it's of these huge. animals have spent all their life as outdoor pets. People get animals and yeah, they put them out in the backyard and they realize they never really wanted an animal anyway. Well, and then Or socialized in a home where there is not appropriate socialization mm-hmm. even. You know, so, I, you know, each home, each home is a little different. Teaching a pet, you know, how to behave, you know, in a lot of homes is really powerful. You know, sure. so that way it, you know, it'll ease the transition into whatever home they go into next and whatever those people's expectations are, right? Right. It's, um, it, it's like, it's like just providing exposure to kids is so important. The same thing is true for pets. And, and, and even more fundamentally than that, what we are learning is, there's a, and there's a whole science behind this that I, I won't get into, but 
pets in shelters, because of the stressed environment, not only are in a situation where their physical health starts to degrade, but their mental health starts to really take some hits. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and it doesn't take very long to start seeing, in some breeds especially, um, real signs of mental decompensation. And you've seen this before, you know, on the news when they show shots of the shelter of dogs spinning in their cage or jumping up and down repeatedly, you know, in one direction. And, and, and these are really dangerous behaviors, cats who have their eyes squinched really, really close. I mean, we are talking about, um, you know, real mental breakdown, and it's very hard to recover from that. So some of these pets really actually become unadoptable. They walk into the shelter because someone did the right thing. They knew a pet wasn't um, thriving in their home. They didn't just let it out. They did what we asked them in our society, right? They took it to the animal shelter so it would have a second chance. But it's in the animal shelter sometimes that the pets actually lose their adoptability. And, and that can be just just stopped by having a, a moment where they get to go into someone's home and remember what it's like to be normal, remember what a normal environment is like, and get some mental stimulation. Absolutely. Really and, and we kind of joke around in the animal adoption uh, circles of uh, hoping for failed fosters. Which that's right. Is, <laughs> you well, that's why I let off with that, right? <laughs> temporarily and, and really. And, and we all have our own failed fosters. Yeah. Oh, I definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> so our failed, so foster, for those of you that are not indoctrinated into the lingo of the animal welfare world, a failed foster obviously is a foster dog who, um, for whatever reason, um, you were never really able to let go of, and, and, yeah. and I had, you know, my my famous foster dog experience is that, you know, the seasoned fosterer, you know, of many many years since I was a kid, I brought this dog home. I was, you know, I I knew what I was doing. I'd done this a hundred times. I brought the dog home, you know, put an ad in the paper. This is pre pet finder, and I was just people would come to meet with her, and I, they were just awful people, and and. And they would say these things, and they would—it was just clear that they were just terrible, awful people. And after about the fourth time that this happened, my husband at the time said, "You know, these have been really nice people. What's your problem?" <laughs> and I had to admit to myself that these people were trying to steal my dog. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like this, this is not—you know—I mean, from an emotional perspective, this had become my dog, and I had not recognized oh, that. That is so funny. So, you know, and I had been doing it. So, you know, sometimes. Sometimes it sneaks up on you, and you have a, you you find yourself with a foster failure, but it's really you that's failed. Yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah. that's very true. My daughter <laughs> works at the Irvine Animal Care Center, and one one day a few years ago, uh, Mama Cat gave birth to three kitties, two of which were stillborn, and and the third one was just barely hanging oh. on to life, and and she the Mama Cat had no attachment to this kitty whatsoever and was not going to care for it. And the veterinary staff said to my daughter, unless she wanted to take it home and and bottle feed it and most likely see it die because it wasn't thriving, they were going to euthanize it. So, of course, she called me and she said, can I bring home this little foster kitten? It's probably not going to survive anyway. And the risk and, is very low, right? Yeah. The risk is low of having a new cat already. That's right. And, and we'll take it back to the shelter once it's, if it yeah. does survive, so I, of course I said okay, and and we we literally barely were able to keep this kitty alive during the first three months of its life. It really really struggled. It was just by sheer force of will. That's right, and of course when you deal with a, a little animal, a little life like that, where you're keeping it alive by just a thread for for mm-hmm. so long, your attachment to it just becomes so intense. 
And so the time came when the shelter was saying, okay, you can uh, bring back the kitten. <laughs> You're like, why are they trying to no. take my cat? <laughs> and you said, well, um, I think we're going to keep her. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and, like you said, we joke about that a lot. The the truth of it is is that we do have a percentage of people who foster a lonely pet for the holidays, and they and they do keep the pet. This is, you know, I affectionately call this trying a pet on for size, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with finding out um, for a week or two weeks if if a pet is going to really integrate into your home. And, right. and you deserve that. You deserve to have pets who mesh well with your family. You deserve to have an easy pet life in your, mm-hmm. in, you know, you deserve to have an and easy pet And if it place, turns you know? out that the pet isn't right for you, you've helped it you so that it become it. the right pet for somebody else. And and you've helped train it, and, and because it wasn't working out for you and you were trying to have it, you've, you've actually helped socialize it in a really positive way, too. Now, this brings us to the third reason, which is actually my big motivator for doing this program. Um, and most people do not keep the pets. Um, this is, thank goodness, because mm-hmm. because we need foster homes. We need foster homes desperately in our country right now. Mm-hmm. We are in sort of a sort of a funky situation where we have solved all of the easy problems in animal welfare. And the next decade is going to be dedicated to solving the tough problems. Mm-hmm. And it's just like when, you know, if you know anybody that's built a house knows that, you know, it's it's really fast and easy to put up the the rough frame, but you know, getting the trim around the carpet and getting the the, the final paint job done is it takes years, it feels like. Right. It's like <laughs> it's that final stuff that's that's really tough, the mm-hmm. details. And and that's kind of where we are in animal welfare and in sheltering. We know how to get a little white fluffy dog into a shelter, out into a home, lickety split. And we know how to keep a really well, you know, actualized, young, um, rambunctious Labrador retriever healthy while they're in the shelter. Uh, the tough cases are are still eluding us to some extent, mm-hmm. and. And so many of the many of the ways that I think that we are going to make it and get to a point where we're not euthanizing adoptable pets in this country is if we have more fosters, and the fosters will allow the animal shelters, which will have lower populations of animals but harder cases in mm-hmm. some in some cases. Um, and I'm talking about years, you know, a couple of years from now. But we need to build this up now. This is this is the prediction of Betsy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, we need to have a big foster network so that so that we can really have the shelter workers have a smaller population in the shelter, so that we can deal with what I think is going to be one of the bigger problems in the future, and that is the ebbs and flows of pets. Because I think what we're coming to is a time when people are not. Um, giving up their pets for reasons. You know, there's not that many strays out there. You know, these are going to be the things we're experiencing, but we are still going to have a hoarding case of 300 animals come into the shelter all at yeah. once. Mm-hmm. And, and the shelter needs to be able to deal with that by having huge foster networks who they can call upon to help save the day, really. That would be pets. great. That and, would be wonderful. And so, um, and, and, and what, we, so what we know right now um, is that these shelter workers and volunteers in many cases, are not taking vacations. They're not, you know, the, the, there's not enough community support at the shelters for them to actually go out of town on the holidays. We've talked to we've talked to people who have not been able to spend the holidays with their family for a decade because their shelter is a union shop, and they are not able. They know that if nobody goes in on Christmas Day, 
or if they don't go in on Christmas Day, no one will go in on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always animals at the shelter that need by care virtue, year by round. Virtue, by, by virtue of the budget and uh, and staffing rules and just the things that that come to play when it's just one of a you know when it's when it, when a shelter happens to be sort of stuck in a bureaucratic you know tangle. Um, there are these these people who are the volunteers and who are the staff members who are pulling it together on their own, mm-hmm. and 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 we you know it's hard to tease apart what that problem is. In other shelters, these are these are terrible examples of of what, you know that's not at all common in in the average shelter. But we also have heard terrible examples of um, situations in where 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 they'll actually increase euthanasia rates the weeks preceding big holidays. Oh wow. Um, because so, they know that they won't be able to handle the proper care for the pets, and they want to care for them properly. So if we um, could get foster families all over to come into shelters and empty them out for the holidays, we could give our shelter workers and volunteers the respite that they deserve. They really do deserve it. And and they deserve not to have to come up with these weird, awful schemes to try to figure out how to make it through the holidays. Yeah. Because, because that has a terrible toll on the pets, but I have to tell you, you know, the toll on the people that are working there and having to make those awful decisions is even greater uh, because they're doing it year in and year out. And, that is so true, Betsy. And, and we have to take care of them. We have to take care of our shelter workers. So that's the thing that really, you know, when I, I was meeting with a volunteer um, and, and just in a casual conversation with a volunteer a few years ago, and she had said that it had been a decade since she'd actually gone to see her family for Christmas. Well, I know that when I worked for the Orange County Animal Shelter, I never had holidays off ever. It was just... That was the way it was. You worked the holidays. And I think it's great that you're trying to get this program really going and getting people out there interested in fostering animals, at least during the holiday season. We'd like to empty the shelter for the holidays. That would be oh, wouldn't that be fantastic? A dream come true, Betsy. And you've done so many extraordinary things with PetFinder.com over the years. I really wish you the best of luck with this latest project, and I hope it's a huge success. And I thank you for sharing a little bit about it today. Okay, and here's to more foster parents this holiday. Absolutely. Thanks for your help. Well, you're very welcome. And we need to take a short break now, but when we return, Danny Coet from Shelter Hope Pet Shop will be joining us, and she'll be talking about her very special business that helps animals find homes. So keep it tuned to AM 1260 for more of the Pet Place Radio Show. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I'm pleased to welcome to the show Danny Kouet from Shelter Hope Pet Shop. Hi, Danny. How are you this morning? Hi, Marie. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you could be here because I've heard about your pet shop, which is called Shelter Hope Pet Shop. What is that? Uh, the Shelter Hope Pet Shop is the first of its kind animal shelter located inside of a mall. And we're actually inside the Jan's Marketplace Mall in Thousand Oaks. Oh, wow. And and what is the Shelter Hope Pet Shop? We are a pet shop that has partnered with the Ventura County Animal Services. And Newmark Merrill has graciously donated the space for us. And we've popped up a pet shop to help bring the community together and closer with their shelter animals for adoption. What a great idea. I know a lot of people really have a hard time going to animal shelters because they, they consider them so institutional and sad, and and it's really hard for them to, to be in a place like that. But 
when you're at the mall and you're out doing your shopping and you see a pet shop and the cute animals that are in there, what a different experience. Whose idea was this? This was started by Kim Sill. She's the ringleader. Um, She's the a board member of Bark Avenue Foundation, and she's worked endlessly to help educate and shut down puppy mill pet stores. Oh, and okay. she reached out to Melanie Posis with the Bark Avenue Foundation and spoke with Monica Nolan at the Ventura Shelter and the wonderful people of Newmark, Merrill, who agreed to donate the space for this and got everyone together and, and put this idea in motion. That is so amazing. I can't believe that you have the space donated. What a great thing. It's incredible. And I tell you, the community, the outpouring support of the community, they've been thrilled with the mall and with the pet shop. And uh, you're right. Some people have a little difficult time going to the shelter. They sometimes don't understand how to go about the adoption. And this has really brought it into their community, really puts a spotlight on these animals that are deserving. They just they just need a second chance. They've ended up in the shelter to no fault of their own. Um, they just need a second chance in, in finding a new home. Wow. And how are you involved with the project? I am the pet shop manager. Uh, just took on a hands-on role because this is something that we want to take nationwide. We want to connect communities with their shelters and all of these vacant mall locations mm-hmm. so we can help out the community and the animals all together at the same time. Wow, that's fabulous. Have you had any kind of response from uh, neighboring communities yet? Absolutely, absolutely. I think everyone understands that this is the new model for pet shops located inside of malls. Mm -hmm. Um, This really helps bring a spotlight on community support. All of our employees are volunteers, and it really helps educate the public um, against puppy mills, the benefits of spaying and neutering, of puppy classes, just to avoid the animals going back into the shelter after they've been adopted. Wow. Besides the pets that you have available for adoption, I, I, I noticed you mentioned classes. Do you, do you have sign-up forms for, for classes at the pet shop? Well, anyone that adopts um, their new best friend, they come with a, quite a package, actually. They come with their microchip. They come with their vaccinations. They'll be spayed and neutered. They come with a vet visit, grooming visit, and they come with, excuse me, the obedience classes that are provided by the Ventura County Animal Services. That is wonderful. And what's the average cost for a cat or for a dog? Um, The average shelter rates, we we go by their shelter rates. So for a dog, for example, is 105, and that includes everything that I've listed. Amazing. And for the kitties? The kitties, actually, we try not to stress the kitties out, so they are on site at the um, shelter, directly at the shelter, but we keep a listing of all available cats oh, okay, so that we can help okay. our cat people that as well. That makes sense. And do you offer any other animals, maybe bunnies? Or... We do have bunnies, okay. absolutely. We've adopted uh, five so far. So <laughs> we open our great. three short weekends. Now, it's the holiday season. Are you noticing that people are coming in and uh, bringing you uh, four-legged family members into their families during the holidays? Absolutely. There's uh, people shopping for the holidays. We discourage impulse purchases. We want to make sure that it's Mm -hmm. the right fit for people, but this is definitely the time of year. Um, I think kids get excited when they get a new loved one. And it's just it's adding a new family member, and this is, of course, the time for family. Wow. 
Now, aside from the classes and the pets, do you also have uh, gifts and goodies that people can buy that will help support the project? Absolutely. Every uh, purchase is a donation that goes back to the shelter and supports our Shelter Hope Pet Shop. And we have lots of fun things. Uh, we have great vendors like JP Pet and Icy Spot that help support us. Mm-hmm. So you can come find fun things for your pets, fun things for pet lovers in your life or for yourself. Okay. So let's say I've just adopted a dog. Can I pretty much get all the accessories I'm going to need, a leash and a collar and maybe a pet bed and some toys, and so I'm all set to go? And a cute outfit to boot. <laughs> It's a one-stop shop, and we'll make sure that you have everything you need. Wow. And your best friend can walk right out the door with you. Oh, that's so wonderful. How many animals have been adopted so far? So far we have 36 dogs and five bunnies, and that's just in our three short weekends that we've been open so far. Oh, amazing. So you're only open on the weekends then? Right now we're open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., And as we get more volunteers helping, we're hoping to be open additional days. Are you staffed exclusively by volunteers, or do you have employees also that are working there? We have hired two uh, supervisors that help assist us with the daily transport and um, daily operations, and then everyone else that supports us is volunteer-based. Oh, that's wonderful. Our groomer is volunteer, all of our uh, decorators, and we have a dog that walks through the mall and gives out information, and everyone is just very supportive in in volunteering their services and time. Oh, it sounds great. Now, let's say I'm walking around the mall, and I come across the store, and I find a pet in there that I fall in love with. How does the adoption process work? Step me through it. What we do, if you find somebody that you want to get to know, we bring you back in the the room to get to know them a little bit better, uh, make sure that it's a correct fit for you, and if they choose to adopt you, then we proceed with the paperwork, and it's all standard paperwork that you would fill out at the shelter. Okay. So the process takes about, I'd say, 15, 20 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. Okay. And if you have pets at home, do you need to bring them in and make sure that the new pet gets along or anything like that? We recommend that they meet in a in a easier environment. There is... A, Return policy, if there's something that doesn't work out, unfortunately, you can return the animal, and they're brought right back into our program, so you don't have to worry about anything happening. Um, But that way it gives you time. You really should take time to let your new pet get to know everyone in the family Mm -hmm. and and just give them time to relax and, and see how they do. Sure. How do you select which animals get to come to the pet shop? They try to uh, give us many different styles. Actually, they've been doing a really good job. Um, Most of our pets are under 30 pounds and Mm -hmm. between one and five years old. Okay. And we put them together in the little puppy playpen, so they're able to socialize well when they get to the shop, and we kind of see how their personalities are, and we're able to make notes so that we can tell the new families that they know sit already or um, that they play well with others or they're potty trained and so forth. Okay. Well, let's say somebody comes in and they're interested in adopting one of the larger breed animals. Do you have access to the database of the shelter so they could take a look and see what animals are available at the shelter? 
Absolutely. The same, as I said, with the cats and kittens. We okay. have larger breed dogs, so we keep an updated binder, and we can help locate um, the perfect animal for you if so, it's at our pet shop or if it's at the shelter. Let's say somebody sees one of the larger animals and, and they ask that that one be brought to the pet shop. Is that possible, or do they ha- do they get referred to the shelter at that point? If we can make arrangements, we absolutely will bring them out so that we can make the connection at the pet shop. Okay. Um, It's a much more convenient location for some people to just be able to stop by Jan's Marketplace while they're doing their shopping and and come pick up their best friend. Wow. It sounds like a great plan. I know that you have the space donated, but I suspect there's probably some other costs that are associated with operating the pet (laughs) shop. Do you need donations to help make this project be successful? Oh, always. We always need donations and help. Um, it's, it is a cost involved. We do a daily transport of the animals ourselves and the feeding and just daily care um, while we have them in our possession. So we're always looking for donations. Cash is always good, but we're also open to collars and leashes and small body harnesses are, are really good because we have a a lot of chihuahuas and small terriers, so they they do better with the body harness. Do you have a website that that actually talks about this if somebody was interested in, in making a donation? Absolutely. Uh, you can find us at shelterhopepetshop.org. Okay. And is there a PayPal link or anything like that? There's a link to Bark Avenue Foundation where you can make direct donations online. Okay. Or you can visit us anytime at the shop or give us a call if you'd like to volunteer. There's also information on our website. Wow. Danny, this is a remarkable venture, and it truly sounds like you're going to make a huge difference in the lives of so many animals. So I wish you the best of luck, and thanks for stopping by today. Well, thank you so much. It's time to take our last break of the morning, but when we return, we've got Pet Place news and events, so please stay tuned to the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 1260. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Are you interested in getting your pet's picture taken with Santa? Well, you'll have plenty of opportunities to do so. The Orange County Animal Care Center, located at 561 City Drive South in Orange, will be offering photos with Santa on December 10th, 17th, and 18th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Every photo comes with a holiday frame, and you'll receive a digital copy by email to share with your friends and family. These photos make great holiday gifts, and proceeds will benefit the homeless pets at the Orange County Animal Shelter. For more info, visit www.ocpetinfo.com. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day. (laughs) 